0: This podcast is sponsored by XGrowth. XGrowth is the APAC ABM agency. If you and your organization are looking to land and expand enterprise mid-market deals, XGrowth is the agency to help. XGrowth works with a wide range of international and global technology vendors, service providers, and B2B SaaS companies. If this sounds like something you're interested to know more about, make sure to check out XGrowth at xgrowth.com.au. That's xgrowth.com.au and chat with the APAC ABM agency.
1: What's up, marketers? And welcome to another episode of the Growth Colony podcast. I'm Liza from Xgrowth to tell you that each episode we bring in B2B leaders to chat about how you can achieve those everyday wins in the marketing world. Whether you're new to the B2B game, working at a leadership level, or even just showing some interest, we know you'll love the episode. So grab a drink, get comfy, and enjoy the show.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm Shaheen Hoda with X-Growth, and today I'm talking to Natalie Miller, head of marketing, CX, and corporate communications at ReadyTech about how can marketing take customer onboarding to the next level. On that note, let's dive in. Natalie, thanks so much for joining us.
3: Thanks for having me. really excited to be here.
2: Yeah, same over here. Same over here. I think, you know, customer experience, customer marketing is definitely an area that uh, is becoming a stronger focus for a lot of organizations, especially at this time where market is a little bit uncertain and then the the focus becomes a lot stronger on existing customers. And how can we increase share of wallet? How can we make sure that they they have a great time with us and reduce churn and, and look at account expansion? So I wanna start with why should marketing, from a marketing perspective, why should marketing get involved with customer onboarding and what are your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, look, I think it it comes back to if you think about the whole facet of marketing, it's really that disconnect between the upfront lead generation and then you kind of look further down the funnel and you're talking about retention marketing and and upsell and cross-sell. And I think it's it's arguably the customer onboarding piece is arguably the most important part of a customer's journey with a company, particularly if you're working in the enterprise space or, you know, there's a significant implementation period tied to customer onboarding. And I think it's it's another facet that's really tied to, you know, the retention of a customer because if you are giving them a really strong experience up front and in that kind of post-sale uh, haze, you are going to build really strong foundations of a relationship between that customer and the company. You know, it comes back to that really, really common statistic around, you know, acquiring a new customer can cost five to seven times more than retaining an old one. So, you know, I think that relationship really starts the second that that sale is closed and the second that somebody gets into that kind of onboarding and implementation phase with a, a business. Got it,
2: got it. Okay. I wanna I wanna start talking about mistakes. I want to dive into that. And it's it's very clear and, and you've you've kind of driven this point home in terms of why it's so important to focus on customer onboarding and, and what a key relationship building and a lasting impression of the company it has. What are some of the common mistakes you've seen companies make or you've made when you know with with their with their onboarding customer onboarding and and what do you how do you think those could be solved
3: yeah there's probably a few things here i feel like if you're not able to be in sync with the customer or you start to just kind of push them through i guess a, a factory process it really starts to drive disconnect and that lack of personalization or relatability even if it's just about having somebody that understands some of the background of that customer and where they came from and, you know, why they're trying to solve. I'm thinking from a technology perspective here, but, you know, why they're trying to use your technology to solve a problems in their company. It can really start things off on the wrong foot. I think, you know, thinking it's really too early to take feedback again is another one. Uh, it should really be clear, you know, again, thinking back to post-sale, how do you start to drive that, culture of continuously asking for feedback. And I guess, you know, the other thing for me is not establishing roles and responsibilities against a time frame. You know, you don't want to create overwhelm or drown a customer with unnecessary information up front. You know, I think there are certain scenarios. I recently bought a house where you're just absolutely drowned with information. You're like, which bit do I actually need to focus on? But I think providing clear guideposts and points of contact or escalation, you know, for every piece of information, ask yourself, does it have value for the customer? And really I think that comes back to educating the customer about who's who in the zoo, where they can find the information or the person they need, when they need them, and just having, you know, really simple, straightforward and helpful engagement or communication with that customer. I think some of the common mistakes is either to to overload or overwork that communication or to just not be conscious of, you know, providing that first post-sale impression, because that has a really big impact on success.
2: Interesting. Interesting. Let's talk about that first that first impression. Do you have something in place that that is that internally at least you look and you're like, this is a key for us to make a good impression like this is an element in the onboarding process that we've implemented to really make a good impression for our new customers?
3: One of the things that we have and it's, it's less of a marketing initiative but one of the first things that we do in the onboarding process is, is a meeting of you know sales, onboarding, all of the respective parties uh, really just to get in sync and to provide a really comprehensive handover I think it's it's all too common and, you know, I've certainly experienced as a customer where you're just pushed through a process and you get handed from one person to another uh, or one team to another and, you know, it really just becomes a matter of almost re-explaining who you are and, you know, why you bought that tech or, or you know, what you need from that next team and, and it's a little bit less kind of established as a, a process so I think that's really important. It's you know being able to get all the right people together to ensure that you are establishing who's who, and you know this is the journey that you're about to go on.
2: Got it. So get 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 all the right people in place, and and then the communication was another thing that you touched on. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? You talked about you know you got to be careful not to overwhelm the customer. Um, the, the points are clear. Was that something that you know you've had experience where you just like, because I know it's like a dump of information? It's like here you go with everything that you need to know versus some organizations that very clearly outline what is going to be communicated at what point? and uh, and I've recently experienced this in a in a medical situation for my mom where the the hospital was just, we were, you know, we were dealing with these people five months in and there were certain communication points that would come in and it was like, this feels like it was planned to be communicated at this point rather yeah. than being dumped being dumped in a brochure or a document at the at the beginning part. So, um, love to hear your thoughts on that as well.
3: Yeah, totally. And, and look, I'd agree with that. You know, I think I just mentioned to you, I, I bought a house recently and you feel like you're just getting... 50, probably even more, 50 different documents, you know, there are 100 page documents, which one do I need to read first? What's the most imperative piece for this step in, you know, that process? And look, I I guess bringing it back to ReadyTech, like we're definitely in the early stages of our journey, kind of evolving how marketing gets involved in that onboarding experience and that communication up front. But I think it's exactly what you said. You know, you want to have really purposeful communication at different points in time. You don't need to go, great, okay, now you're coming on board as a customer. Here's absolutely everything you're gonna to need to know for the rest of your lifetime with us. Everything has its place. You know, what is happening in the next short term phase, you know, the next month, the next two months What is that person or that company going to need to know about us to get the most value out of us? And, you know, those are some simple things from my point of view. You know, where do I go if I am having a play around in the system and I experience a bug or I have a question about how to use a piece of that functionality? Who can I chat to if, you know, if I actually just don't know what happens next? I think one of the things that in the B2B space certainly that can can get really frustrating and I'm thinking again from a, a customer point of view myself is, you know, juggling multiple projects and juggling multiple kind of implementations of things. You you really just want to know what is next and what are you required to do as the customer and what are they going to deliver as the provider or as the, the company taking you through an onboarding process.
2: I want to also touch on like roles and responsibilities and love to hear how you kind of divide it, where you draw the line between when it comes to customer onboarding, this is marketing's job, and then this is customer success. Do you have that differentiation at ReadyTech? Is that not the differentiation is like all under on one team? How do, how does that work?
3: The differentiation between, marketing between mar- marketing's
2: success. responsibilities and customer success responsibilities.
3: Look, I think. The marketing team at ReadyTech in particular as well, you know, has a role to play in supporting and empowering everyone from the sales team through to the customer onboarding team through to the customer success team. I wouldn't say that we take an approach of, you know, no, that's that's customer success responsibility. We're not going to touch that. I think we work together as a team and there is value to be added, particularly from a, a consistent brand experience point of view. Um, from marketing at every stage of the funnel and and the kind of customer journey,
2: okay, got it. got it. are there and I know we we talked about your approach to customer onboarding from the marketing lens is there is there anything else on that front that you've kind of brought in to to the mix that has uh, has had a, a big impact? So basically, I guess what I'm asking is, what are some of the small improvements that you've made that have resulted in noticeable impact in the customer experience?
3: Yeah, look, I'm I'm not going to profess that we've perfected it all yet. We're definitely in the early stages of our journey, and I think you know we're we're really trying to take the time to understand what true value looks like in that onboarding experience. But some of the really basic things, as I was saying, can have a really big impact. And I think that's really simple things like setting the scene up front, clearly communicating the stages or steps a customer is going to embark on. You know, I really value being provided things like a timeline or a really simple toolkit, things that are a bite size and more easy to consume or provide me with a bit of a, a mud map of who's who and what I can expect at different checkpoints to denote success. So I think that's what we're really focused on up front. Yeah.
2: Okay. Got it. Got it. Now, I want to ask you a couple of rapid fire questions but before diving into that is there is there some is there anything else that maybe I didn't ask we didn't cover from uh, with regards to customer onboarding and we've, we've talk, touched on a lot of things but is there is there something that you think we should uh, i I didn't ask in our conversation that you, th- you think is worth covering?
3: Uh, no look I think the only the only thing I'd really add is you know a common misconception in in some kind of organizations is that Marketing is really just about the mass communication or the lead generation of products and services. But I think it really comes back to the experience and the brand or reputation you're building with that customer. And I, I feel like it's not, it's it's quite easy to forget that, you know, customer onboarding really does connect back quite strongly to the brand and the experience. If I come back to some of the the common mistakes, you know, you have to think about the continuity of that first impression you never want to get to a place where a customer feels like they've had a, a polished dream sold to them through a marketing campaign or, you know, a, a really strong sales enablement program only to have a, a different brand experience further down the line. So, I think it's just really remembering the connectivity between, you know, brand and first impression but how that plays out through the entire customer journey and onboarding experience.
2: Natalie, was that something that you had to sell inside of the organization that, hey, this is what marketing is responsible? Or was that something that you felt like maybe the leadership already understood and it was a a lot easier to move that initiative forward? Because I would imagine there are a lot of people that are like, yeah, I completely agree with you, but how do I sell that? How do I kind of present that to the wider organization of explaining this is... Marketing's role is broader than this, and it can apply to these other areas. I, I wonder what your experience was at, uh, at the company.
3: Yeah, I think it would be naive to say that you know you don't marketing doesn't have to sell their value and and kind of explain or help a business understand the depth of the value that can be added. I think that you know ReadyTech does a phenomenal job of of being really open to experimenting and and trying new things and exploring new ways to add value as a very kind of customer-centric organization. So I think it was more about, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And and if there is more value that can be added from the marketing team, like let's let's make it happen.
2: Love it.
0: Have you read the State of ABM and APAC report yet? If you have, you'll know that 59% of marketing leaders are intending to increase their ABM investment in the coming year. Even bigger news is 0% of survey respondents are going to decrease their investment. It's an exciting time for ABM in the region. Discover the state of account-based marketing in APAC today. Download the full report at abm.xgrowth.com.au forward slash report. That's abm.xgrowth.com.au forward slash report.
2: Let's do some rapid fire questions the first question I want to ask is what is one resource this could be a book a blog or a podcast or whatever it is that has had a really profound impact on the way that you work or live it could be something that you've come across recently it's something that is you know you've, you've come across ages ago but what comes to mind in terms of that one resource
3: yeah, that's a, a really hard question. I would love to give credit to just one resource. I think, you know, I was saying to you earlier, I, I really do enjoy reading and I don't get as much time to do it anymore. And for me, it's probably a, a culmination of everything that I'm learning and reading and ab- absorbing every day. But there, there is one really good book that I enjoyed that was probably a little unusual. It, a number of years ago, I read uh, a book called Extreme Ownership. And it's really actually a military leadership book, which drew some really interesting principles from Navy SEALs, ultimately around the importance and impact of accountability for your team and for, I guess, you know, to use the military term, your mission, but, you know, really delved into, you know, being able to be decisive and taking thoughtful action when faced with high stress scenarios or uncertainty and... Yeah, I think that that book always really stuck with me. But, you know, I think that you can take bite-sized pieces of learning from lots of different things. So, I wouldn't say that's a singular thing.
2: Absolutely. Okay. Question two is if you could give only one piece of advice to B2B marketers, what would it be?
3: I think it's really simple and it's being open to change and experimenting. Just because something's been done one way before doesn't mean it should continue to be done that way. And I think it can be really easy to just get stuck in a vortex of continuing to do things in a certain way because that's the way they've already been done. But yeah, for me, it's it's really change and experimenting. And, you know, if you notice something's not quite right, like try something new.
2: Question three, who are some of the influencers that, that you follow? Some of the people in the sales and marketing space that you kind of consume their content and, and, and look at what they're doing?
3: Yeah, look, I did um, Mark Ritson's mini MBA uh, a few years ago, which I found really useful. So, he's certainly someone that I follow and I think he's got some really good commentary and different ways of thinking. And I think Seth Godin as well, you know, really good commentary and and just an alternative view on marketing and and the broader kind of business world.
2: Yeah, both of those are great, great influencers and thought leaders. Okay, last question. What is something that excites you about B2B today?
3: Yeah, I think the introduction of AI, certainly, to support the way that marketers work. You know, I don't think AI necessarily has a place just yet anyway in, um, in kind of replacing functions of marketing, but I think it's really fun and really cool to kind of experiment with new technologies and, and try new ways of working to, to amplify efforts or to kind of, you know, add, add extra resourcing to the team through creative ways
2: yeah absolutely absolutely that's definitely on our radar as well and it's a very exciting exciting topic yeah natalie this has been an awesome conversation and i just want to say thank you for coming on the podcast it was just so much insight that that you've shared and and i've i've taken a bunch of notes so uh so thank you so much for for your time and uh and joining joining me on the podcast
3: thanks for having me it was really fun
1: Today's episode of Growth Colony was produced by Alexander Hipwell and Liza Maywald. It was edited by Dave Samito, with additional editing by Liza Maywald and music arrangement by Alexander and Liza. Special thanks to Tina Wabe. We couldn't make the show without you. Growth Colony is hosted by Shaheen Hoda, Director of Growth at Xgrowth. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Do you think you'd be a great guest or just keen for a chat? Send through an email at podcast at xgrowth.com.au. That's podcast at xgrowth.com.au. That's all for now. We'll catch you next week right here on Growth Colony.